0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a farmer in southeast Manitoba and find out how the corn crop is coming along. Also, we'll take a look at yesterday's Stats Canada crop acreage report. Up first in today's country comment... We'll hear from Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang, who's presenting This Week in Carmen at the Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School is taking place this week in
1: Carmen. I was there yesterday and caught up with Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang chatting about using a conventional versus a herbicide tolerant system and some of the different management practices that go into it. Um, With a conventional system you're probably choosing a a field that's a little cleaner to start with um, because some of those problem weeds you don't have all the same um, uh, tools in a toolbox. You have different tools. Um, With a herbicide tolerant system um, typically you'll get all the weeds that are there, but in some cases with resistant weeds, you might have to go to a, a, you know, something like a dicamba or an enlist system to help manage those. So what we really looked at here is, is some of the different methods of uh, you know, selecting which fields to choose from, um, which products to use, and um, at the end of the day, just making sure that you keep your fields clean um, early in the growing season to give you your best, uh, best go of it. You talked a little bit about um, row spacing. Does that make a difference? Um, row spacing and yield is always a big discussion with growers. Um, for the most part, every system works well, but it's how you manage weeds. So in a narrow row system, like a 7-inch row spacing, uh, you, you might have to spray a little less in a, in a glyphosate herbicide tolerance system. Just because um, once a crop canopy fills in, it chokes out a lot of the weeds. Whereas in a row crop system, uh, you might have to give, get that extra pass of glyphosate to help clean that field up. Um, because the, wa- uh, the rows are wider, there's row, uh, weeds growing in between them. Um, but every system has, a, has its advantages besides that as well. With seed costs, you're using a little less seed with a 30-inch row. Maybe get a little bit better germination. Uh, but in the end, if the field is clean, yield potential on all three or all three row spacings are very good. And I guess just overall, you know, how are the uh, soybeans looking uh, across the province? Well, much better now. I think uh, we're getting some heat and humidity now and things are kind of moving along. Um, I haven't seen any soybeans flowering, but I do expect that over the next week or so. So we're, we're probably getting into our last application of, uh, of herbicide on the herbicide-tolerant ones here in the next little bit. And uh, but for the most part, um, our acres are probably going to be lower than last year from what I'm hearing so far, uh, maybe somewhere between 600 to 700,000 acres compared to the million that we had last year. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that we, uh, we had a little later season and even with the extension, uh, the change of the seeding deadlines, um, growers did elect in some cases to, tr- to switch to other crops just based on where they were located in Manitoba. But overall, crops look good, fields are relatively clean so far, no real complaints and, and real good emergences here. And uh, anybody that did use a conventional system this year and use something like an edge, um, the edge product uh, worked really well this year and kept most fields not only in soybeans but also in peas very clean um, early in the season. That was Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang. We chatted yesterday at the Manitoba Crop Diagnostic
0: School taking place this week in Carmen. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. In the department's weekly crop reports, Manitoba Agriculture says spraying for weeds is wrapping up despite challenging conditions, leaving rutted fields behind in many areas. Insecticide application for flea beetles is slowed significantly as the canola crop has generally grown past susceptible stages, but crops appear highly variable in condition. Crops are advancing reasonably well, but water stress is evident on more sensitive species and in areas towards the northern interlake and surrounding Lake Manitoba and west towards Riding Mountain. Soybeans in the province are progressing quickly. Laura Schmidt is with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers.
2: Soybeans range from V1 to V3 and will be starting to flower soon with the change in day length. IBC symptoms have started to show up in some fields but many fields do remain symptom-free. Field peas range from 6 to 12 true leaf nodes with Summit R1 or Flower Bud with a few open blooms scattered throughout the field. As pea flowering advances this week, start looking for blight in the lower canopy, check plant tips for pea aphids, and dig up roots to assess nodulation.
0: She says dry beans range from V1 to V3. An enterprise machine intelligence and learning initiative has announced a partnership with Farm Credit Canada. The collaboration will include the renaming of its innovation farm as Innovation Farms Powered by Egg Expert. The 5,500 acre full scale production innovation farm near Winnipeg will use Egg Expert software as part of its testing, research, and technology development. Jacqueline Kina is managing director of Emily. We're
3: hoping that it can be useful to digital ag startups, legacy companies to test and validate and demonstrate the role of new technologies uh, and digital ag technologies for production agriculture, and also to highlight uh, the level of technological sophistication that already exists on farm to a broad audience beyond people directly involved in agriculture, and also to attract students uh, from all sorts of backgrounds and faculties uh, into digital agriculture, because we need all sorts of skill sets involved in digital ag.
0: Key projects will include climate change mitigation, disease and pest management, and water use for production agriculture. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Wednesday, July 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on yesterday's Stats Canada crop acreage report. Stats Canada released its latest crop acreage report yesterday got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield commodity research
4: you know I, I don't think anything that's that's uh, dramatically outside I think of what people were thinking you know I, we, we had the report in late April uh, that kind of gave us an initial snapshot and so this is this is kind of the ability to uh, to kind of re- revisit those numbers and uh, you know certainly there were some changes from the April report but but I think for the most part I think a lot of crops kind of fell in uh you know, kind of roughly within the range of what, what people were expecting. As always, there's maybe a you know a, a few that that uh, are are a little bit uh, you know maybe different than what the market is anticipating. But but I don't think anything that's particularly uh, jaw dropping, I guess if you will, relative to expectations.
0: Just looking at canola, uh, farmers reported planting 21.4 million acres. Um, that's kind of in line with with uh, what you were expecting.
4: Yeah, that was pretty close to what the market was expecting. I, I think there was a pretty good uh, feeling that maybe that initial stat scan number was was a little on the low side in terms of, of intentions. Uh, now, the one thing that is, uh, you know, always a bit of a challenge is, uh, of course, we had, uh, we had a pretty challenging spring, uh, you know, far too dry in the west, uh, really late and wet and delayed in the east. And so there's maybe some question as to how that might have, uh, you know, have things fall out. Uh, You know, the the survey was done from the middle of May to the middle of June. So so potentially it didn't capture all of that. And I think there are some maybe adjustments coming potentially in Manitoba, but probably by and large around the margins. And so, you know, in many ways, I I think seeing a bit of a bigger canola number from the initial expectations, but but still down from last year, I I think that probably falls into what uh, what folks were thinking.
0: And uh, talk a little bit about that uh, wheat number and, and kind of the breakdown there. Yeah, certainly a, a big wheat number.
4: And, and again, maybe not altogether altogether shocking in some ways. Uh, you know, we, uh, uh, in terms of, of Durham, uh, you know, that was a number that is, uh, uh, you know, down slightly from the initial estimate in March, but but still a pretty good increase from last year. I mean, you know, Durham prices have been phenomenal uh, over the last year. And, and so to see farmers put a little more Durham in the ground over last year is is, is not altogether shocking. And, and also more spring wheat. and And we had been hearing... Uh, that uh, spring wheat was finding more acres in the kind of leading into seeding and, and uh, during that seeding window. Uh, So the, the, the spring wheat number was a little higher than we anticipated, but, but directionally we were looking for a bigger number and that's what we saw. And and again, I, I think as a function of the fact that we, we had just extremely high prices and, uh, and and farmers responded, and and I think also again a little bit the uh, you know in, in the eastern prairies and the, the way the seeding and, and delayed spring and all of that uh, fell out. I, I think that that didn't hurt spring weed plantings either.
0: And then in terms of um, barley, we saw that number down about fifteen percent from from last year.
4: Yeah, that's actually the one that fell a little more than we expected. And and uh, the, the one difficult thing with barley is because it was was delayed. Uh, uh, planting in the eastern prairies you know does that lend itself to uh to seeing some barley get pulled in uh we wondered it, obviously you know according to StatsCan, that that's not the case uh so that is one that that fell a little bit more than we anticipated uh you know we were expecting it to be down but but that was a fair fair drop and that would probably be one of the the, the bigger surprises perhaps of, of the StatsCan report is just how low that barley number was
0: and, uh, you know, from what you've been hearing, I guess, just in, in general, how, how are the crops coming along in, 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 across the prairies?
4: Yeah, you know, I'm going to say overall, in general, uh, quite good. Uh, and I say that acknowledging that there are some areas that are still far too dry. There, there are some areas that continue to see too much rain. And, uh, and so, you know, on any given year, you're going to have your, your areas that are, that are challenged. And, and this year is no different. Uh, at the same time, I, I think in some ways, let's call maybe from a market perspective, if you look at where we were, say, you know, a month or, or six weeks ago, and, and some of the, again, extremely dry through a good chunk of Western Canada, who knows if all the acres are going to get planted in the east, and, and you think through some of the what-if scenarios and, and how bad it could have been, I, I think where we sit at today, you know, we're, we're in substantially better shape. Uh, so, so, again, you know, there's still a lot of weather ahead of us. There's areas that do have their, their challenges and, and their difficulties and, and uh, certainly uh, uh, don't want to diminish, diminish that. But, you know, you look at provincial crop ratings, uh, just anecdotally what you hear, you know, crops are kind of, let's call it on average, you know, in terms of their, their condition relative to historical norms, a, a little delayed, you know, and so that's something to keep in mind as well, but but overall doing fairly well.
0: All right. Yeah. Um Anything else stand out for you in, in the report yesterday or?
4: You know, not so much. I, I think probably as much as anything, uh, you know, the attention is now shifting to yield. You know, one of the things about these acreage reports is you can have a, you know, a modest swing in, in acres and, and that's interesting and it makes a difference. But but ultimately, yield is going to be the real driver here of production and and prices going forward. So so the attention is shifting to, to crop conditions and weather going forward. And and, and that'll be the real driver here uh, as we look ahead in the
0: next couple months. That was John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research recapping yesterday's Stats Canada Crop Acreage Report. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, desk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Our annual Farmer Appreciation Lunch is back at the Plum Coulee Park Tuesday, July 12th from 11.30 until 1.00. Enter to win a Meridian Grain Max 2300 hopper bottom bin and more, including concrete from Mid-City Redmix for the bin pad, rebar and lumber for the pad forms from Parkside Home Building Centre, bin pad prep work, and finishing by the Concrete Edge. Sponsors this year include Loadline, Access Credit Union, the Concrete Edge, and LD Seeds. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m., Call 204-343-2061 for appointments. The Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School takes place this week in Carmen. The Souris River Watershed District is holding its annual banquet July 7th at the Hartney Community Hall. Tickets are $50. Seeds Canada is hosting its annual meeting July 11th to the 14th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. And the Manitoba Organic Alliance is hosting two farm tours July 11th and 15th. Visit the MOA website for details or to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. When it comes to corn crops in Manitoba, there's the old saying, knee high by the 1st of July, which is a benchmark that farmers use to determine how their crops are faring. Mark Hutlett with Mark Hutlett Seeds at St. Anne says some fields definitely reach that mark in the southeast. He chatted with reporter Shannon Duick.
5: There are some fields um, where the producers manage to you know, plant in that May 18th or thereabouts um, window, right? We had, we only had a few different windows, but that was one of the first ones. And so uh, that corn looks, looks pretty, pretty solid and on par for, you know, that analogy about the beginning of July. So there is some, some good stuff. Uh, what's, what's happening out there is the variability in and the rest, especially in the light soil, it's, it's saturated there's actually some seed rot that has occurred and there's some spots within the field that just didn't make it um and also uh it it's having trouble taking up nitrogen on, on a lot of these fields and so it's it's not uh it's not a very dark green to say the least as far as
6: why uh some of the corn might not be looking uh quite as good or might not be as tall as maybe uh, some other fields or or what it could be a lot of that have to do with late seeding or or is has the weather last month or so been a been a bigger factor
5: you know believe believe it or not it's 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 almost um like week to week from when some stuff was planted if if you managed to get a a rain event on something that had you know just been planted and there were enough of those uh then and that kernel was you know sitting in that wet wet uh, prolonged, um, you know, saturated ground, and then it, it it did not fare as well, and and took so much longer for it to come. And so, you know, again, within those planting windows that we had, which was about three or four, um, it's it's hard to believe that you know something planted sooner than later would be not looking as good. And that has all to do with what kind of r- amount of rain they had right after, and what kind of weather they had. So. Um, very. I've never really seen a year where I've had such inconsist- inconsistency and, and variability within the region with, with with our corn crop. I mean, there's some brilliant looking stuff, and then there's some there's some corn that the the plant pop is is lower, and uh, it's you know it's not very high. It's only three, four, five leaf, and and it's got a long way to go. With that being said, though, a lot of that corn that was seeded later is for feed stuff and, and we'll still make some good quality. We just need to get a, a semblance of summer in the next couple of months here.
6: Mm. You mentioned uh, some rot happening. Any disease issues or insect concerns right now?
5: Uh, within corn, not too many uh, insect issues. Uh, there's been a little bit of cutworm, but not much uh, reported in, in corn. We had some hail though, and that hail will bring about about, uh, some common smut because of the the leaf structure uh, damage. So there was a strip. um, I think that was last Monday that got hit pretty pretty hard. Um, But overall, corn is you know there's not been a lot of of that uh, as opposed to let's say you know canola with uh, flea beetles and. We've had quite a few reports of uh, some uh, cutworms and sunflowers. Also,
6: what about uh, what do soybeans look like here in the southeast?
5: Well, they can handle some moisture. You know, they're going to come through this, which is yeah. We you know, beans took off here when when seasons were wetter and can handle moisture, and so they're they're doing okay. Their plant pops are good. They may not be you know um terribly tall on some of that late planted stuff but they're 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 coming along and I'm not, I'm not worried about them too too much in, in in these weather conditions they'll be fine
6: I guess especially corn and soybean fields what do they need right now
5: Well they will be a lot more tolerant to you know 30 degree days what we don't want is 33 34 degree days with uh, howling wind when, when this canola that's finally starting to maybe come you know back into a good growing stage to to bolt and bloom and then and then get it to you know bloom for a very short time so that's to me that's our biggest concern corn and beans if they have um, some moisture and it is uh high 20s low 30s they will prosper
6: anything we miss anything else you'd hope to say mark
5: no no we we need a a nice frost free september shannon
6: yeah gonna be uh harvesting late this year hey
5: well um I mean we don't again, we don't know that I mean a lot of guys change maturity and stuff stuff, so that's that's all gonna help right, yeah, and then you know what we missed um, I think the guys had a phenomenal first cut of hay and fall rise, so that was that was outstanding
6: what percentage of of acres you think went unseated this year did did pretty much everything get get seeded here in the southeast you think
5: yes, the okay. percentage uh, unseeded unseated was. Um, very small, less than 5% uh, for sure.
0: That was Mark Hutlett with Mark Hutlett Seeds at St. Anne Manitoba. He was chatting with reporter Shannon Duick. Another look at what's happening in the market heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is calling on the federal and provincial governments to conduct a meat pricing investigation. President Garner Diobald says there's a disconnect between the price consumers are paying for beef at retail and what producers receive.
2: When you go into uh, into a retail location and see what the price of beef beef is, and and you know work it backwards, there there definitely is. Uh, profit in it. Uh, retailers are are profitable, but the packers right now are are extremely profitable and have been for some time.
0: The SSGA points out that packers have stopped running extra shifts because they have eliminated the backlog created through the pandemic, limiting the amount of product available and keeping retail prices high, while allowing fed cattle supplies to build, which keeps cattle prices low. Pulse crops in the province are quickly progressing. Laura Schmidt is with Manitoba pulse and soybean growers.
2: Dry beans range from V1 to V3, and faba beans range from seven nodes to beginning bloom. As with peas, flowering is the best time to check nodulation and start looking for pea aphids in faba beans too. We have had strong winds and hail reported in some areas of the province. There's been leaf tearing and stem breakage. So in some areas, plants are regrowing, while in others, plant stands have been reduced from those storms.
0: She notes soybeans range from V1 to V3 and will be starting to flower soon. An enterprise machine intelligence and learning initiative has announced a partnership with Farm Credit Canada, which includes the renaming of its innovation farm as Innovation Farms Powered by Ag Experts. The 5,500-acre 5, full-scale production innovation farm near Winnipeg will use Ag Expert software as part of its testing, research, and technology development. Jacqueline Kina is managing director of Emily. We
3: announced uh, Innovation Farms Powered by Ag Experts. It's a million-dollar investment into Emily and our Innovation Farm project by Farm Credit Canada. And so Innovation farms, similar to Smart Farms across Canada, but a little bit different in that it is a 5,500-acre full-scale commercial farm uh, just about 20 minutes uh, north of Winnipeg. And our intention is to have it be used for a number of purposes, to test and validate new technologies uh, on farm and in digital agriculture, and to validate and highlight later stage new technologies in a full-scale commercial environment.
0: Key projects will include climate change mitigation, disease and pest management, and water use for production agriculture. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knut. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on Manitoba's cereal crop. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.